Good morning. Welcome to White Oak Church of Christ. I see that there are some visitors in the crowd. I wanted to welcome y'all to White Oak. I'd like to, first of all, let y'all know that I am not the regular preacher. Rick is out this week. Him and Nicole are in uh, Virginia, Minnesota, conducting a gospel meeting. And he uh, gave me this opportunity to speak with y'all this morning. I thank Carl for leading the two songs that I requested, Faith is the Victory, and Give Me the Bible. I will be utilizing a good bit of of the Bible this morning talking to you. I will go through there rapidly. If you have any questions after the service, be sure to ask. I'm more than willing to give you any references that I've utilized today. My lesson text this morning comes from a familiar verse in Romans 10, 17. Paul, through inspiration by the Holy Spirit, writes in Romans 10, 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If we deeply consider the thought that is contained in these 13 words, it is a powerful message. However, I will focus on three key aspects of this passage, and they will be the three points of my lesson this morning. The three points are faith, hearing, and the Word. So if we consider the flow of these three topics, the Word of God comes first, then we must hear it, which builds our faith in God. Based on that thought process, my first point to discuss will be the Word of God. The Word of God provides us with the plan of salvation and how we must live to spend an eternity in heaven. Brethren, we are a most blessed generation and that we have the complete Word of God revealed to us, and it is readily available to us. We have nice leather-bound Bibles, or we can download the Bible on our cell phone, electronic device, whatever we want. We can get the Bible if we want to have it. We are in a nation that does not currently restrict our access to the Bible. We can freely speak the Word of God. We can freely study the Word of God. But what do we know about the Word of God? We read in Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 4, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Peter writes in Second Peter 1, 20-21, Knowing this verse, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but by holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Therefore, what part of the Bible should we read? Do we need to just focus upon the New Testament, the New Testament which gives us our laws for this covenant? Paul writes in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Some may say the writing of the Bible was completed nearly 2,000 years ago. 
how can it apply to us today? We must remember the words of the prophet Malachi in Malachi 3.6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. We have a similar passage in Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. There is no change to the word of God. We must follow what is taught there. There are not transitions to meet the cultural demands of this world. The complete word of God is revealed to us with its conclusion in Revelations 22:21. That's the last verse of the Bible. How do we know that there is no new word from God? We read in Galatians 1:8, "But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed." We can also read in Revelations 22:18 through 19. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. We know that we have the inspired word of God to guide our life. We know that we have all the information that we need to reach heaven. And we know that the word of God does not change. What else do we need to know about the word of God? What other great lessons can we learn? We read in Psalms 119, 103 through 105. How sweet are the words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Further in that same psalm, Psalms 119, verse 129, we read, that Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. And I'm very thankful that it gives it to the simple. We read in 2 Peter 1, 2 Peter 1, 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well, that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn, and the day star arise in your hearts. The writer of Hebrews tells us where the word or laws of God should be in Hebrews ten sixteen. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. When should we start to teach the words of God to people, to our children, to whoever? Solomon writes in Proverbs 22.6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. We can read the words of the psalmist in Psalms 119, 9-16. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies, as much as in all riches." I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. 
I will not forget thy word. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.15, And from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. We also can read about the power of the word of God in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We read in Romans 1.6, or sorry, Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. John tells us at the beginning of his gospel in John 1, 1 through 5, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The Word described in this text is Jesus Christ. He is the Word that we must obey. We read the words of Jesus in John fourteen fifteen, If you love me, keep my commandments. To obey him, we must know him. To know him, we must hear the word of God, which brings me to the second point. Based on our lesson text, we know that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. As far as I can tell in my studies of this passage, the verb tense here is a verb of, of continuous action. Present imperative is the tense that it would be in. Therefore, we must continue to hear the word of God, which builds our faith in God. Brethren, there are four points that we must be mindful of concerning hearing the word of God. The first point that I want to consider about hearing the word of God is obeying the word of God. Or Sorry. First point I want to consider is hearing the word of God, obeying the word of God. Just because you've heard it doesn't mean you're abiding by it. Jesus says in Matthew seven twenty one through 25, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which buildeth his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Therefore, brethren, not only must we hear the words, we must do the will of God. We read in James 1, 22 through 25, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, 
being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The second point to consider about hearing is that we must be willing to hear the whole word of God and not just what is pleasing to us. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 4, Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but, their, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. Why are there so many false teachers in the world today? Because they are telling people what they want to hear instead of what the word of God says. Paul writes in Titus 1, 10 through 11, For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. Why does Paul say that they are teaching false doctrine? He says it's for filthy lucre's sake. It's not for lack of knowledge. It's for gaining uh, money theirself. The third point to consider about hearing is that we need to do more than just hear the word to be able to do the will of God according to the word. We need to study the word. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 2, 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I realize that Paul was writing to Timothy, and that some may argue that this statement applies only to Timothy. However, there are many more scriptures that show as Christians, we also need to study and know the word of God. We read in 1 Peter 3.15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give, you, give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. This is a section, be ready always, that used to be, or that is often on the series with Ms., uh, Brother Dearman, which White Oak used to sponsor. We read in 1 Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. We should consider the inspired word of the writer in Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have, ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Luke writes in Acts 17.11, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Therefore, the scriptures show us the importance of studying the word of God. The fourth and final point that I want us to consider about hearing is the importance of having skilled people 
to help us understand the inspired word of God. We read about Philip's conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8. We read in verses 30 through 31. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. As we know, Philip preached the gospel to this man, and he made the good confession and was baptized, and he went on his way rejoicing. We can find many examples in the scriptures of the importance of holy men to preach the word of God. We read in Romans 10:14 through 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad glad tidings of good things. We have already read part of Paul's words to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 5, but we will repeat that here also. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. This brings us to our third and final point from the lesson text this morning, which is faith. What is faith? We have an excellent inspired definition of faith in Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Some people stop with this definition obtained in verse 1. But I believe the next two verses go further into telling us the value of faith and how it is formed. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. In Hebrews chapter 11 we are reminded of multiple individuals throughout the Bible, men and women of great fame. Some call this chapter faith's hall of fame. We read in verse 6 of chapter 11, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. As Christians, who should we be trying to please, God or the world? God, of course. Our primary goal in life should be to live our life in such a way that one day we will spend an eternity in heaven with those that like precious faith. It is the ultimate reward for a Christian. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. I hope that we can all receive that crown of righteousness one day and spend an eternity in heaven. But Paul had kept the faith, which means he had remained obedient to the will of God. Is that faith passive 
or active. We read in James 2, 14 through 20. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have, have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Is your faith filled with works? As Christians, we should daily examine our lives to ensure that we have an active faith. We must have an active faith to spend an eternity in heaven. This does not mean that we can merit heaven by our works. We read in Romans 3, 24 through 27. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. We also read in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace are we saved through faith, and not of, our, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. This verse does not contradict what James said in, in James two fourteen through 20. In Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, Paul describes how we must prepare ourselves to face the devil. And I think Rick, or Carl, for the third song he sang, ties in very well with this, and just by coincidence, the first two I'd actually asked for. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints." Brethren, we still face the devil today. He is not a fairy tale. By faith in the word of God, we know that the devil and hell are real. Is Satan himself the only adversary that we face today? 
No, there are many disciples of Satan in the world today. We must be wise to, to the sin that surrounds us on a daily basis. We must recognize the fiery darts that Satan... We must recognize the fiery darts that Satan will... Will, that we will freely invite into our homes. The fiery darts of Satan that we will freely invite into our homes and cars. These are things that a Christian should not watch, read, listen to, or follow on Facebook or Twitter. We must heed the words of Paul in Romans twelve nine. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. How do we cleave to that which is good? We read in Philippians 4, 7 through 9. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be... Any praise, think on these things. These things which ye have both learned and received and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. There is a very powerful message in these few words of God. Are you taking advantage of the blessings that we have in this generation and in this country? If this morning as a non-Christian, you have the desire to make a change in your life, you have an opportunity now to repent, confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and be baptized for the remission of your sins. You can leave here this morning a new creature, a Christian. If you're here this morning and you are a Christian, please examine yourself. Are you letting God to talk, are you letting God talk to you often enough? Are you searching the scriptures daily? Have you let the cares and concerns of this world pull you away from the word of God? Brethren, remember as Christians, we must be faithful unto death. I plead with you, if you have need, come back to Christ before it is everlastingly too late. Please come as together we stand and sing.